welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your host, Ben Husso, and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 55 of Sports Clicks and Politics, the double nickel, as uh, Michael Jordan uh, made famous. I hate you. Whatever. It's a double nickel. It's a double nickel. Uh, episode 55 here, Sports Clicks and Politics. Uh, before we get going, uh, give you a rundown here. Can you all do the uh, obligatory uh, share and like the uh, video here? Uh, give us a favor here and do that. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can hit that notification bell, too. That'll help you get notified when we go live, like we are now, Mr. Husong. Thanks you for joining us. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Always. I'm excited to be here. As it, We have a kind of a unique, eclectic set of topics to discuss today. So out of character for us. <laughs> um, we're going to follow up on a couple things that we did from last week about ivermectin um, and the UFO report. We kind of touched on those. Uh, we don't, I, don't, I think we touched. We didn't on really talk much about the UFO report last week. Yeah, there wasn't. I mean, it was just supposed to be released that time. So we got, got that info. So we're going to uh, talk about that. We got a little bit of sports, some basketball, and some uh, college baseball. How COVID interfered with another sporting event here. Well, uh, R.I.P. Wolfpack. Um, Wolfpack. And then we got the uh, NBA playoffs. They're kind of we got our cr- boy Chris Paul one game away from the finals. I so, love it. So that's a possibility. Um, and then we're going to talk about some uh, some people. Uh, one I met, one I didn't. I guess celebrities. Uh, I guess both are John McAfee, another RIP. I met him a couple times in 2016. I'll let you know what I think about Mr. McAfee. Uh, and then free Britney. I never met Britney Spears, but uh, her life is just a. Wild. A, a movie waiting to be made, right? So, um, and then one of our favorite topics of all is how terrible the media is. And we have some kind of validation for that. So we get to kind of talk about that for a little more. And then we'll finish up with ivermectin, COVID, craziness, the vaccine, all that stuff. We'll probably get banned from this episode. We'll probably be this shortly pulled. This will be the one pulled. Stop almost, almost surely. So, platforms, man. Um, how was your weekend? Weekend was great. Uh, got out of town for a little bit, actually. Went over to Buffalo, saw my in-laws, saw some of my wife's extended family. It was a lot of fun. It was great to see him. Good catching up. Nice. Well, I get, I get to officially thank you for uh, playing golf with me on Monday, but then, you know, the tornado or monsoon or whatever came rolling through here uh, washed us out, but uh, I appreciate the uh, effort there. Yeah, every time I start to think like I'm maturing as a human being and becoming an adult, something like that happens where you and I are playing golf. And a lightning storm is literally rolling in. And at no point until it started raining did we look at each other and go, hey, maybe we should stop we, holding metal objects above our head. We were the last ones game. on the course. The whole rest of the league bailed on us. So yeah, the, they, the, they were smart. Right. Yeah. Listen, you should share the picture I sent of you swinging the golf club with all of the thunderclouds all around us. I can do that. And like just to give you the, uh, the stupidity that is involved with that was unreal. But I was playing pretty good. It was fun. Yeah. I didn't want to leave. And the dude hold out in the in the blizzard oh, a for a two. Shot. Yeah. And then that's gonna get wiped off the card. So that's unfortunate. That was a great Very unfortunate. Well, let's talk about some real sports here, uh, other than our, our our sports. Sure. Um we have the NBA playoffs are are kind of almost to their uh, finals here. We have our adopted here at the show, Phoenix Suns and Chris yeah. Paul up three one. Love it. Playing uh, for an elimination game tonight. At home against the Clippers, the Kawhi-less. Less. Is his ACL torn? I do not know about that, uh, but he's not playing tonight. So that's uh, advantage Phoenix Suns, advantage Chris Paul. Uh, one game away from the finals. I mean, I wouldn't write off Paul George and the crew there, but uh, it seems as though uh, 
Chris Paul is going to get a taste of the uh, conference finals, and uh, maybe he'll get uh, one of those rings. On the other side, the Bucks are up 2-1 after the uh, Hawks won game one. The, the uh, Bucks have won the last two uh, pretty impressive styles. Uh, I don't say blowouts, but game two is a blowout. But yeah. um, we'll see. I mean, that would be an interesting final either way how it turns out, but I think I'm going to be uh, staying in the uh, Chris Paul camp, uh, at least for rooting sakes for the time being. I'm going to put it this way. If Chris Paul makes the finals, there's at least a chance I'll turn on game on. Like, there's a chance. It's, it's, it's not a good chance. But if it's not Chris Paul, there's zero percent chance. I'm well, maybe we'll get to a game games. elimination game. Then Chris, they can almost uh, Chris Paul is going to win this game. Then he can turn tune in. We'll get that game for you. All right, all right let me know. Just and keep me posted. Let's let's talk about terribleness in sports because this is just ridiculous to me. So I'm guessing most people here don't follow college baseball and the college World Series, and I am like Amongst you, us, right? So, um, but when. <laughs> When COVID rears its ugly head and puts the uh, World Series in the news, we're going to talk about it here. So NC State, I don't even know sure when the last time they were good at baseball, but they were really good at college baseball this year. They're uh, basically in the final four, if you will, of college baseball. They were uh, one win away, I think, from making the College World Series finals. Um, They will not be playing in the finals because too many of their players tested positive for COVID, including the vaccinated ones. And so they've been eliminated from the tournament. Uh, Vanderbilt, their opponent, has been moved on, and they await the winner of the other side. Um, these are all 20-year-old kids. Sure. Mind you, let's just, let's just put this in context for a little bit here. So in the stands were about 24,000 untested, un- unknown vaccination status fans, packed, arm-to-arm, full stadium. Yep. Players on the field who've been hanging out with themselves – the, the team, the whole, you know, consistently the whole time, they're the ones at risk. They, they, the, the, the healthiest probably people in the building are taken off the field and said, no, you cannot play. You're not going to participate because you've tested positive. Some of them had symptoms. The, the most of them did not. What are we doing? Right. We're still doing this. Right. This is still a thing. I, I, I got nothing. I understand how some things in March of 2020 and some of these golf tournaments and some things that were kind of in the air without knowing full well what was happening and who the risk factors are, where the risk factors were and who was at risk. But what are we doing here? It is it is literally a year and a half from knowing that this thing is pretty much not a risk to 20 year old kids. And the fact that these, you know, it's it's a once in a lifetime kind of opportunity for most of these kids and. They something just get they it erased. Have, it gets it's literally erased over nothing. Something they've been working for their entire life, working towards. And for most of them, this is going to be the pinnacle of their athletic career, this college baseball. Like most of these guys aren't going pro. handful might make it in. Some might go to the minors. few might go to the majors. But for most of these guys, what they've been working for since they were probably four or five years old is taken away from them because they tested positive post-vaccine or without getting the vaccine. doesn't really matter. And now, and so the, and the whole thing was crazy because if you they played a game with only thirteen players and they lost, right? So then they had to play a rematch. So because they had a bunch of players that had test positives, and they tested more, and then four more positives came back that were all vaccinated, tested positive, and then they canceled the the, the rematch. Amazing. So, so they've been uh, they've been mishandling this clearly, you know, multiple times, and then they basically just fumbled it away and. Gave it up. And like you said, I 
I'm not. I don't. Again, I don't follow college baseball, but I, I my reading some of these articles, it seems as though NC State. This was kind of like a rare thing for them. Yeah, they, like, they don't really play well. They, they, you know, they're clearly in the you know their Division One baseball sure. team. So I'm not trying to dismiss what the talent is there. But this was a, uh, I don't say a Cinderella team or anything. But this was kind of like an NC State anomaly for them and for those kids to get this, their games wiped out is a travesty it's a miscarriage of justice whatever label you want to put on it it's terrible for these kids and nca cannot get themselves get out of their own way so I what else know. is new right all right so i guess here's the the takeaway of all of this why are we still testing asymptomatic people like this that's still is part of their nuts. that's just the nca protocol right? right it's still stupid how have we not updated this yet why in the world are we testing people without symptoms this is crazy it's bananas it's insanity it doesn't make any sense all things considered, if you look at how often asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic spread occurs, first off, asymptomatic spread, there's a very good chance it's not even a thing. doesn't happen. If you never get symptoms, you never pass it on to anybody else. But let us we can't say that conclusively. That's just what there's a lot of evidence to indicate. Pre-symptomatic spread has occurred. Where like The day or two before you develop symptoms, you spread it to somebody else. All right, so, but looking at that, it's... It's 0.3% of all spread that we've seen so far. And that's, again, how many of those people go on to develop symptoms that ended up testing positive, we have no idea. So I'm, I'm going to say at the highest possible end, it's 0.3% of cases. This is crazy. Like, this is really, really without logic, without science, without any reasoning that is at all sensible. I, and I guess here's the comparison. Next year, two years, whenever COVID is no longer like front of mind in the topic of conversation, when it's gone and the flu returns, go to your doctor in the middle of winter and just ask to get tested for the flu without symptoms. Just ask. Like, hey, uh, I just want a flu test. They ask you why. Just say, well, uh, I walked by somebody that had the flu yesterday, so I just want, I just want to get it. Like, are you going to see like a, a sick relative or anything? No. No, I just want a flu test. I just want to see if I have it. See what they do. See if they'll give it to you. Spoiler alert, they won't. They won't test you. They won't let you get a flu test unless you're going to see somebody that could be at high risk and you had a prolonged exposure. Or, you know, this crazy idea that you have to have symptoms for them to test it. Because the test in and of itself is not the end-all, be-all. The test is supposed to be the confirmation of a diagnosis, of a clinical diagnosis. The PCR test for COVID is no different. It is not meant to be this black and white yes or no. It is meant to measure how much is vi- how much virus is present in you. And just like if you're testing for asbestos, uh, if you're testing for carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, anything you want to test for, you dig deep enough, some of it's there. It's just an inevitability. So if you're going to do that, fine. But why? Like. Yeah. I, I just, I'm like such I said, these at a loss. Are, these are all things that are just, why are we doing it so much different than we've been doing it in past years? So we'll get into some of that at the end of the show, actually. But it's um, been like a recurring theme on the show. But let's talk about, I know it's one of your favorite topics, Ben. UFOs, or are you going to call them UAPs? Are you going to stick with UFOs? Do you, have I, a, do you have a preference? I feel like I'm, I'm... Are you trying to be hip with the UAPs? No. Up to, up to, or are you just going to just OG UFO it? Listen, I am a Caucasian suburban dad. There's nothing hip about me, and I'm not trying to be hip. You're pretty fly for a white guy. I got a minivan. Like, I, I'm that dude. I coach youth baseball. I, I'm not hip. I'm not cool, and I'm good with it. And I am getting to that point of, like, I just don't have the effort in me to try to learn new phrases. So I'm sticking with UFOs. UFO seems appropriate to me. I'm going to try to use UFO. I can't imagine... 
that any UAP is going to slip in there. But we got their much anticipated uh, report uh, that was requested by Senator Rubio, I think. Yeah. Um, came out Friday. I mean, I'm going to say a whole lot of nothing, but I mean, not like they, they, they basically said they needed more time to investigate. They didn't know. I can think they had uh, 144 cited uh, instances, and they said 143 of them we don't know what happened. One of, one of them they dismissed as a balloon. Yeah, they, they basically said, yes, we have UFOs, and no, we don't know what they are. They're yeah. still unidentified, and we yeah. don't know. We there's a capital U now in the unidentified UAP or UO. I feel UFO, like UAP yeah. is just leading into a Cardi B joke, but I, I can't put it together, okay. and I don't want to. So, no. uh, As far as this goes, I, I think I sent you this. Somebody put it on Twitter, and it encapsulates my feelings 100%. I believed in UFOs until the government told me I should, and now I don't want to believe in them. Now I'm like, now I'm skeptical yeah. again. Like, wait yeah. a minute. Yeah. Uh, this report was much ado about nothing. It was just they, all right, yeah, we, you're telling us what most of us already knew of like, yeah, they shouldn't be dismissed. And I generally believe anytime the government declassifies anything, you're getting probably 10% of what they know, give or take. May, I mean, you're not getting more than half. That That's for sure. Um. I guess we'll find out as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, I think the big question our people was waiting was they wanted to validate whether or not these were alien, extraterrestrial, right, or some kind of their own or some right. their own technology or some uh, uh, other country or entity's technology. That wasn't just that that wasn't you know given in this report at all. Um, again, I feel like it was kind of a dud in a sense, other than the fact that we literally have a Senate report on UFOs coming out in the public, but as you point out, nobody cares anymore. Like, I don't know if it's your sentiment exactly, but it does seem like in another time, if this came, report came out, people are like, oh my God, they, they don't, the Pentagon does not know what these are? Like, uh-oh, we're in trouble, but no, no pin no. drop. I think that people are warming up to the idea that the, Odds are we are not alone in the universe. Like that's that seems to be the prevalent the, the prevalent thought or the prevailing opinion now is very different than it was 20, 25 years ago, just from what we know. And I also think that it on some level there's just this acceptance that the government lies all the time. And so if they say there's no UFOs, there probably are. Or there may not be, but it has nothing to do with what the government says. Uh, and I think the same thing here. Like, yeah, I'm sure that some of this is other countries' technology. I'm sure some of this is our technology. And I I tend to think that, yeah, there there probably is some level of alien presence on Earth. I, I'm not we, shocked and, by that. And they didn't mention Antarctica, just for the record. Well, I, mean, why would I know they we did. ever mention Antarctica, Sean? <laughs> like, come on, man. All oh, right. What did that buddy say? Yeah, I, I wish they would disclose what went on in Antarctica. That That's crazy. <clears throat> All the way around. Well, they they didn't they didn't divulge that, so that wasn't part of the uh, the outing of information here. Do you have something, or would you like me to move? To I, my, somebody sent me a joke, my friend, last week about it, about how it's like uh, the reason they don't want to talk about it is because there's giants in Antarctica or something, and I'm trying to get oh, the, ice giants, ice giants. Yeah, I remember reading that. Yeah, so I I'm in for the ice giants. Just that'd be cool as long as we're all going in for whatever we want here. Let's. So, Let's, oh, turn, sorry, let's turn the page. Let's turn the page on the UFO to actually something disturbing. Now, I'm pretty sure when we started this podcast 54 episodes ago that we were probably not going to have Britney Spears high on our priority list of topics to discuss. But I find her life fascinating. Is probably not the right word, um, even though it is. But You're tragic, a guy. tragic for sure. Um, and maybe you guys are aware. So there was a. Uh, uh, she had a court appearance, and f- fill me in where I'm if I'm messing up any of the legalese here. But apparently, she 
is put into a conservatorship, right? Yes. Where a group of people are kind of running her finances and assets and such, like her dad, her sister, and somebody else, I think, are running this uh, thing. So she basically has to abide by the rules of the conservatorship and these individuals, I think it's just those three, maybe there's more, uh, basically dictate her finances and her lifestyle in a lot of ways. Uh, and some of the things that were there, there, she came out, basically there was, I don't know if it's a testimony is the right thing, but she basically came out and finally said, I don't want to be part of this anymore. I guess this has been going on since like 2007 or 2008 or something. It's been 13 years. Um, yep. And so she wants out of this conservatorship. I don't know what kind of legal standing she has as a person who is part of this agreement and how one get exits themselves from a conservatorship. But some of the stuff is kind of disturbing. I mean, the one thing that, that I've seen much of people meant as disturbing is that, you know, she has an IUD in her body and she wants it out and they won't let her, which is seemingly crazy. I didn't hear that. Yeah. So they, they won't let, they don't want her to have any more children. And so they literally have her basically on forced birth control. Wow. That That's seems, messed up. Yeah, that seems messed up. Right. So, I, I, I mean, as just somebody who thinks people should be able to live free uh, regardless of their, you know, lifestyle mistakes, as long as they're not hurting other people, um, and maybe there was some, uh, you know, we have laws against that, so maybe there was some fear of that, but I don't know. I mean, I I feel for Britney. I want to free Britney. That's sure. the hashtag, free Britney. I mean, I think she should, I mean, I think all individuals should be able to exit an abusive relationship, even if it's by law. And this is seemingly a lawful abuse of a relationship to me. Yeah. So the, the way or the reasoning behind it is that, uh, you only end up in a conservatorship to put it in air quotes for your own good. Um, so if you think about it in terms of, if you're a child who inherits a million dollars, nobody thinks it's in your best interest to give you a million dollars and let you go nuts. It's just, obviously, you're, you're going to at some point recognize that that was not in your best interest. You were not going to be making good decisions uh, because you don't have the capacity or the competency to, to really think things through and make those decisions. And somewhere, this judge has decided that Britney Spears, however many years ago, met those qualifications. Like, she couldn't be trusted with to act in her own self-interest or best interest, so therefore it was for her benefit to have somebody else be in charge of her finances. Right, wrong, indifferent, that's the rule. Um, in her case, listen, I, I think she's I think she's crazy. Um, my wife's shown me some stuff on, uh, on Instagram of her just dancing. Weird, weird stuff all the way around. But here's the thing. If you're crazy, be crazy. I don't care. God bless you. Like, who am I to judge your life? If this is what makes you happy, go be happy. She's out in Vegas selling out shows left and right. She's she's making good money. She wants to go dance, go dance. Yeah, apparently those shows were forced upon her. She did not want to participate in those shows, and they really? made Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I, I think that we, as a society, tend to fear that which we don't understand. And I don't understand why Britney Spears wants to do what she does. And we're going to talk about this in, a, in a many ways throughout the show here, but this I want to bring up. So, like... The media is culpable in this, too, because when those videos, whatever you're probably pointing out to on Instagram, I'm sure that they were media fodder for for, sure. for basically piling on. I'm assuming at this time, this girl, what's she, like mid-20s, like 25? I mean, no, like, she's got to be older than that. But when this was all happening oh, 13 yeah, years yeah, ago, yeah, 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 so, yeah. like, I, she grew up a, you know, childhood star from, like, the Mickey Mouse Club or some the whatever the Disney, I don't know. She was some, some sure. she was a childhood, like, you know, yes. a little star kind of thing. And she grew up not like other 
18 to 20 year olds. And at 25, people wonder if you could be a little off and she, maybe if she is, but when the media piles on, it basically just amplifies everything and makes it much easier for everybody else to be more accepting of the fact that they're basically just terrorizing this girl. So fast forward 15 years, you know, you're getting some of these people, you know, even some of the people who piled on as far as like, you know, like the Justin Timberlakes of the world apparently were, uh, uh, also piling on uh, back in the day, and now they kind of realize, or maybe some of them have kind of realized that maybe they, they they were part of the problem, and they actually drove her even more crazy and make it, you know, basically codifying the whole idea that she needed to be taken care of. So I'm not going to dismiss the media here. I feel like they they played a role too, um, and they seem to play a role almost in a negative way in almost every story we discuss here, which is pretty saddening, actually. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't think I would have thought about Britney Spears in the last 20 years if it wasn't for the occasional story. Yeah, I think that would have been the last time that I thought about Britney Spears, except for the media coverage of, oh, she's doing this crazy stuff and that crazy stuff and whatever else. And I'm like, all right, cool. But again, I don't think the conservatorship is warranted. I I think that put some money aside for kids. But if she doesn't want to, she doesn't want Like, you're not under any financial obligation once your children are grown that they have to be set. you got to take care of them while they're there, while they're children and dependent on you. Uh, other than that, if you want to be crazy, be crazy. Have at it. Yeah. I, I get it. Like, you got to live with the consequences of your actions, though, and, and I, I would recommend that you be you know somewhat smart about it. But I do think that the media's involvement, and I, I guess this is the thing. If you show me an article that says Britney Spears – content married with children yeah that article's never being written not and i'm not clicking but if you say like britney spears shaves her head and dances in what appears to be forced confinement i'm at least mildly more interested of like wait what so like this is the problem with pay-per-click and this is the problem with our entire media right now even if you want to give them every benefit of every doubt it's they got to sell and this is what sells sadly it's unfortunate yeah all right, let's let's talk about another sad story. Uh, when are we going to get happy? Not this episode. Fair enough. We we had a chance with the UFO. We missed it. Yeah, we did. Um, Stupid. So, the founder of McAfee uh, antivirus software, John McAfee, was found by an apparent suicide hanging uh, in a Spanish jail cell uh, the day after his uh, extradition was approved to the United States. Um, he has long, Mr. McAfee has long been, uh, very public and vocal about he will never kill himself. He's made multiple, uh, assertions to that on social media and in videos, even has a tattoo on his arm, basically signifying that, uh, if he is uh, found by hanging that he was whacked. Um, seriously. So, um, so sad in a sense that remember, maybe we've talked about this even on the show, but I, have long considered him the most interesting man in the world, uh, in large part because, well, maybe outside of the most interesting man in the world, we'll just grant him the title, whatever, the Dos Equis guy. But after that, it's pretty much him, right? And so I met him a couple times. He ran for president uh, through the Libertarian Party in 2016, and I was a delegate to the uh, New York State uh, Convention and the National Convention, and doing so uh, just happened to... uh, be in the same room with uh, John McAfee a couple times, had a couple conversations with him, uh, very charismatic, uh, seemed to give you attention when you were giving him attention. He didn't seem to be uh, kind of like a, an aloof kind of person. He would uh, engage and, and talk to you. 
about the mon- most mundane and stupid things and was probably more happy talking about that than actually running for president most of the times. Um, I will say, the, actually, the picture in our uh, – the I took the picture in our still that yeah. you see. that I took that picture. I knew so you did. I sent it to him, uh, I don't know, maybe a few months ago. Uh, he had on Twitter, he had basically said a couple of his personal pictures that his wife had taken had been somehow um, become the possession of Getty Images. I'm not sure the backstory of that at all. And I kind of jokingly sent him a couple that I sent. And he said, hey, you can start your new collection with these. But he actually uh, said, actually responded to me and asked me where I got those from. And I said they were from the uh, the 2016 uh, convention in 16. He looked happy in those pictures. He, it was a, he was a cool dude uh, at, at the national convention in 2016. Uh, at some point, one of the days we were there a couple of days into the convention, I remember walking into a room being like, what the hell's going on here? There was like these girls with butterfly outfits and they were uh, dancing on these huge pedestals and there was like can- lights pointing at them. So their shadows were on the wall behind them. So you could see like dancing butterflies were on the walls. And it turned out John McAfee had decided to hold a rave there at the <laughs> national convention. So <laughs> I walked in, I was like, what the hell is going on here? I'm like, oh my God, there's a rave going on at the convention. And it was McAfee's like after something party. So <laughs> oh my God. totally eclectic dude. Uh, you know, the world is a, is, a, is a less interesting place without him in it. Now, let's talk about whether or not, you know, because of all the, the things I mentioned uh, going in where he basically has said, I'm never going to kill myself or, I'm, you know, if I, I'm found hung or found Epstein is uh, what he liked to quote, um, that it wasn't, it wasn't the case. So he lives for infamy now, right? Because no one's ever going to believe that he actually killed himself. I, yeah, I mean, I, it's possible, but all right, let's say he did kill himself. Is that what, I don't know what that says about our criminal justice system that he's so worried about being extradited to American prisons that he would rather hang himself in a jail cell. And this is a pretty rich guy. Like he's got money. He's got means. He's got everything he could want. No, he was in jail for just real quick. He was in jail for not filing taxes, something to the tune of like $4 million, but go ahead. Sure. Uh, and then he basically built this, he built McAfee antivirus software. He went around and, and did all this stuff, and it was very, very smart, very tech savvy. Um, I don't I don't know how you want to describe this. He ascended past what we consider to be the important things in life, or he had a mental break, whichever, again, maybe just went crazy and could go crazy. Uh, left the United States, moved to Costa Rica? Belize? Belize, I think. Moved around a little bit Latin America, lived on a sailboat for a while, traveled the world. It Just a weird dude all the way around, but incredibly interesting at the same time and would, would stay involved and was basically taunting the U.S. government. Ever see him play the piano? Uh, only once. He's, I mean, he's, the, the dude is talented beyond just uh, uh, being interesting. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He, he could do a little bit of everything. He was uh, a cool person to be on the planet with, I guess. He was like following him on Twitter, he would give you like live updates of like the feds are closing in and we're leaving. And you're going like, are you live tweeting your escape? Like what is happening right now? And he, but he was, I was legit. And he's got all these pictures. He's all tatted up. He's got guns all over the place. He's always got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, drinking all the time and doing whatever else. And you guys might be familiar with his, one of his early presidential uh, promotional photos, I'm going to try to word this without getting censored. So he's sitting at a table with, I don't know, six or seven attractive, scantily cladded, clad women dressed behind him, looking like professionals, and then a giant pile of white powder on the table and his nose covered in the giant same white powder. That was a presidential photo <laughs> with a bunch of guns all over the table. 
So that's, that's the kind was, of guy. That's the kind of guy he was. I mean, like I said. I remember telling the story about how his wife tried to kill him one day because she caught him with another woman. They're still married up until he died, I assume. Yeah. But, uh, like, he just put it all out there. And, and the problem, and, and he was very vocal critic of the government. Very, vocal, very. Very, like. And taxes in general, specifically. Yes. And, and on taxes, especially of basically of taunting them and saying, like, you have no authority to come after me. And then he apparently knew some other stuff that he would allude to from time to time. Yeah, there's a, there's a tweet out there that says he has something like 31 terabytes of information on people and there's a dead man switch so we'll see if all that happens that'd be fun i just want that'll get him back on the show i promise him (laughs) if there's a dead man switch he will get back on the show i know and that would be fascinating i just want to know what he knows like i i I don't i don't know if he knows anything i don't know maybe he was just the best at self-promotion if there was ever a way to download somebody's brain into a yeah in a chip that would have been the one that guy was bonkers just to to watch it it would have been like a video game to somewhere it's okay yeah speak Speaking of, you know, we, we didn't talk about the media and McAfee, but we probably could have. But let's just talk about the media in general here. So trust in media. New report comes out. I guess it's a yearly report. Um, let me find this here. Uh, the United States ranks last in media trust at 29% among 92,000 news consumers surveyed in 46 countries. So this was, uh, came out last Wednesday. Um, we're last. Worse than Poland, worse than the Philippines, worse than Peru. Finland was tops at uh, 65% uh, approval. So just to give some kind of uh, uh, a relative comparison. So 65% was number one. 29% was last. We were last, Mr. Hughesong. Are you shocked at our last place placement ranking uh, among trust in media? Two things. To answer your question, am I shocked that we're last? No. It's well-earned. So I'm proud of the media for earning this last place award because you did all you could. What I am surprised at is that three out of ten of you guys walking around trust the media to some extent. That is amazing to me. I would have thought it'd be lower. I would have guessed below twenty. I'm I'm genuinely surprised it's that high. In I wish we had a better. Maybe there is one in here, and I don't want to get into the report here too detail. But I wonder if there's a report of how many of the ninety-two thousand were actually from the United States. Um, but I mean, we, we you know we we kind of wait find a way to kind of point out that the media fails at their job pretty much on a weekly basis here. So um, we've done so already and we will do some later for sure. So I'm not shocked at all. Like I said, I I actually kind of tend to agree with you that it was probably too high. Um, I bet you if you did similar polls, you'd also find three out of 10 Americans believe the bartender is actually flirting with them, believe that the stripper really likes them and that the customer service representative is actually very interested in their problems. Three out of ten? Uh, that's probably comparable. It's probably a correlation somewhere in there because, oh, my God, what does an entity have to do to lose your trust? Yeah. And you know what gets made fun of the most? And I'm just reading through this article here. We make fun of the weather. That literally has the highest trust factor of all of the all of the news segments. Like, it was broken down by politics, weather, education. Weather was number one. So. I- I feel like at least the weather guy's trying. <laughs> and they got a 50-50 shot, right? right? Like They can really pretty much... They can just miss half the time, and like I said, so... I feel like it's at least an honest effort by the meteorologist. But we, but we make fun of the weather all, all the, time. the time, all the time, and yet we don't make fun of all the rest of the thing, and they're, they're, liter- they're literally... Well, okay, true. I, I mean, mean, I'm over I say here. we's talking about the, the population in general. Yeah, I got so you. I'm over we don't, As a general, we don't make enough... We don't make a big enough deal about how the media sucks. I agree with that 100%. It's like, we're doing our part to point it out to everybody, and if we just expose a few people to the outright rampant 
disinformation that is passed along daily as news and the active cover-up of actual news, the hourly that occurs, good. At least we've made some small difference in the world. If some if one person walks away better informed on it, great. Um, yeah, it's, I, I got... I, I can't believe that many people still trust the news, and I think we made Especially a joke. If, I mean, I don't know when this when the end of this happened, you know, when this the, the, was, conducted. The, was conducted, so how, how much COVID had to play a role in it, but... I'm guessing it's lower next year. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it should be. Like, it, it, it's insanity. Of I don't feel bad about not trusting the media. Like, this is this is like having a spouse that seriously cheats on you every opportunity and you going, I just really hate to not trust them. Like, I mean, yeah, but it's not on you. It's on the other one. It's trust is earned. It's not just given. And yeah. it's lost much quicker, much quicker than it's earned. And, I mean, we've gone over this ad nauseum. I, I always joke, like, the two things I should have gotten into is I either should have been a journalist or a professional modeler because there's no ramifications to being wrong whatsoever. None. No. Doesn't matter. Yeah, just, just report on the next thing and just make sure that you're sticking with the narrative. And like I said, we talked about some of the stuff, you know, um, you know, I, I try to separate when I, we talk about the media in general because there's local reporting and even the, you know, some of the state reporting is different than, than, than the national reporting. And then you have the independent report journalists and stuff out there. So there's some, some layers that I'm kind of trying to, you know, this is kind of a, a catch-all here. But in general, I, I, I'd like to think that I would have more trust in my local reporter. But after the last few weeks and listening to some of the stuff that Project Veritas has ca- have coming out where some of these local reporters have basically said, hey, you're not allowed to report on Bitcoin. You're not allowed to report on ivermectin. You're not allowed to report on hydroxychloroquine. So, even if it's if it's coming from the top down, then there's there's no place else to get your information from other than places like this and podcasting. You know, that's why you know we, we we don't talk about Joe Rogan en- enough here, probably. But he literally has kind of set you know a blaze, a path for people to kind of follow behind and be like, okay, well, you can dismiss this media, you know, whole group, this legacy media, just dismiss them all and just follow that follow other other people and there there is a growing you know news collective of podcasts and 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 video podcasts uh that i'm hoping will game i mean there's still there there you know there there are shows right now on youtube that get way more viewers than cnn best show right so it's not even just that the numbers are there they're they're there but the that the cnn still in those groups still have way way more influence than the the, the the, the YouTube shows who are getting more views, right? So there's still a disconnect on power from the numbers, but eventually it has to collapse. I can't imagine that, you know, the CNNs of the world uh, can continue to hold on to their power when nobody's watching them. You hope. I, I mean, I I agree with what you're saying, and I think that it's accurate. Um, I just think at some point it, it, the media will never have the moment of self-reflection and atonement. It's just not going to happen. They're, they're too far committed to this idea that the people that are turning to Joe Rogan and um, what's the the one show with Crystal Ball and uh, Breaking Points. Breaking Points. They moved. Just I don't want to give. They, they left their previous outlet and formed their own new uh, thing. Oh, did so, they? Yeah. So it's called, just like two weeks ago. So oh. I'm not going to mention their previous employer because they left under kind of shitty uh, things. But they have a new show called Breaking Points. And they have a whole new website. They have a whole YouTube channel. There you go. It's the same basic concept. concept. Yes. Yep. So these people that are, more people watch that than watch CNN. More people are watching YouTube news over CNN, MSNBC. I think the only one that's still out drawing is Fox News. And I don't think that's any um, 
there's not a lot to draw from that, in my opinion, except that they're the only legacy right-leaning news station, whereas you've got eight on the left. So I think that you're, you've got one competitor against eight. It's going to have higher ratings. It just it just is. So I, now you got OAN and all that, and that'll that'll impact Fox's viewership far more than anything else. So they're never going to look in the mirror and say, it's our fault because we keep lying, we keep getting caught, and we keep just acting as if it's their fault and we did it for their good. It, it's like I, I don't have any way of explaining this that – they look at Joe Rogan and like, well, he's dangerous because he's he could be saying anything on YouTube and there's no way to verify anything you're saying. And, and you look back at CNN especially. I mean, listen, MSNBC is no better. Fox News is no better. Like, none of them are. It's just You look at him and you're going, you guys just, you have an angle. You have an angle. Yeah, Joe Rogan has an angle too. So does, so do the, on breaking points, they have an angle. I like their angle better. I, I think it's a I, I will come away better informed watching them instead of you, because all I'm going to get from you, if I think Donald Trump says something that doesn't make sense to me and I want to fact check it, I'll go turn on CNN 100 percent. I'll like, all right, well, what happened? Let, let me see your side of it. And on the flip side, if I want to find out what Joe Biden's doing wrong, I'm not going to CNN. They're not going to tell me. I'll go turn. I, I don't actually turn on any of these news organizations anymore. But if I didn't know about YouTube and I didn't like trust the Internet sources, I'd go to Fox News if I wanted to find out what, what Biden was doing wrong because they're the only ones who are going to report it. And they, which, which creates a terrible divide. Know, and and the infor, there's definitely information loss from, oh, from people, God, right? Yes. So like people it's, only watch one or the other. I don't want to yeah. – and I, I don't want to be a Fox News watcher any more than I want to be a CNN watcher. I, I don't want to be labeled as these things. It's, it's, not a, it's not a compliment from anybody when they say that. But the idea that – you're getting the whole truth from one side or the other is wrong. It's inaccurate. You're, you're getting, uh, what's the right word? Sanitized news. You're getting what they have decided is fit for your consumption. And not that doesn't mean it's truth. I mean, look over the last year of all the stuff that's come out on COVID. Fox News did it. CNN did it. ABC did it. CBS. Everybody covered all this stuff. And, they're going over the stuff that is just wrong. I mean, the CDC came out and said pregnant women are an enhanced risk of COVID of, of ending up in the hospital. Now, CNN ran with it. Fox News ran with it. And they're like, well, we got to protect our consumers. And then I read that and went, that doesn't make sense. Because I had read the data previously to that that showed no increased risk for pregnant women whatsoever. And I'm like, well, that's a big change from what all of the data had been saying early on. I wonder what caused it. And I read the study, and we talked about it on the show. And the risk of a non-pregnant woman getting hospitalized was like 1.1% of all women who got COVID were hospitalized. Pregnant women, their 40% increase was they were 1.5 as opposed to 1.1 or something along those lines. And so that was when I I just stared at this like, this is the CDC. This is... You talk about lying with the truth. Like, all this is is a matter of context. And and you go and turn on any of these news organizations. None of them are pointing that out. They're all running with 40% more likely of hospitalization for pregnant women. And instead of saying, like, I'm sorry, but 1.1 to 1.5 to 1. is not a significant risk jump. It's, it's just not. Like, that. you're probably not going to end up in the hospital. I would not call that a increased risk factor. They did. And not one of these journalists, local, state, national, not one of them 
is coming out and going, uh, just for context, guys. You already, you already answered your own question, though, because if you worded it the way you wanted to word it, nobody would click on that article. Now, they shouldn't have run the article is probably the bigger point, right? Right. I mean, that's the whole point. It's or like, they it, should be holding these government offices accountable. It's the entire purpose of the media is to have an informed populace that doesn't just buy into government propaganda. For as long as there have been governments, there has been propaganda. The purpose of an independent and free media is to serve as a check on that power. And when all you do is regurgitate what they said with no discerning, no incredulity, incredulity, I don't know the word, without being at all incredulous about what they're looking at and saying, wait, 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 this doesn't make sense. Like, you had the biggest power grab by multiple levels of government in recent history over the last year. All in the name of keeping you safe, just like every other government power grab has ever been in the name of protecting you and doing it for your own good. And our media couldn't stop cheerleading along fast enough or loud enough. Yeah, I feel like the media, or maybe it's the establishment, has figured out a way to turn the media against the individual person and people in general more than they, they've, they've turned their, their the spotlight on, hey, how can we... Uh, expose this individual. I can think of some local stories that I'm not going to get into here where they basically were not trying to hold power to account. They were basically trying to hold individual people, you know, account in a, in a craziness. So yeah, they're not taking on the big fight. They're taking on the bully. Like they're, they're being the bully. They're, they're siding with the bully over the person that's standing up. uh, This is a little bit of sidetrack and then we'll move on. But did you happen to see the CDC put out a poll yesterday? Yeah, I voted in it. So did I. (laughs) If you guys didn't see I think like 55,000 people voted in it, which is pretty crazy. Um, the CDC put out a poll whether or not it was true or false. If you've already had COVID, do you still need to get the vaccine? True or false? 72% said false, Ben. What did the, but CDC, the CDC say, said John? true. I, what are we doing? It's fools. This is nuts. You're fools. I mean, this is just. This is why we have no respect for institutions. None. They're, they're literally. They're outing themselves as bozos on a daily basis. Right, and people don't want to see it. That's what I have trouble with. If, like, you can lay out a black and white case to say, look at how wrong this is. The fact that anybody is still talking about asymptomatic spread of COVID is no better indictment of the United States media than that. And maybe it's the world media overall. The fact that we are still acting, and every time they give the qualifier of, like, it's less common... 99.7 to 0.3, and you're going to label that as less common? That's the description you want to go with? Uh, This is, again, not inaccurate. It's not false, but it's misleading. It's bullshit. It's nonsense. This is insanity. Like, you're acting as if a 99.7% chance is somewhat more likely than 0.3. I've got, you know what, my odds of winning the lottery, not great but slightly, you know, a little bit lower than me winning the lottery. A little bit. Like, what? Are, what? Uh, why would you label this this way? I just, I cannot for the life of me figure out, that's not true, I know exactly why, because this is where we are now as a, as a country, as a society, and people are naturally sort of tribal anyway, and now they're in tribes, they're on teams, and once that happens, it's just, it, it always goes bad. And, we have been sort of, I don't want to say coerced or forced because we went willingly, but we've been led down this path by these powers that be to argue with each other instead of looking back at them and going, just give me real information. That's all I'm asking for. I'll make my own decisions. Just give me actual, factual, real information. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe I've mentioned this on the show before, but like I haven't watched national news since 2012. 
Um, I stopped watching local news even like maybe six, seven, eight years ago. Like very rarely I turn it on when I know there's something I need to watch specifically on, but I make no habit of watching any news whatsoever, zero. And I don't feel less informed. I feel more informed. So you are. I mean, listen, we spent a year, a year on this Russian dossier thing that was so obviously false. Like Russia did interfere in our election. I'm not arguing. Please don't misunderstand me. But that it was. I mean, they spent $100,000 on some Facebook ads. I, I'll call that. Listen, you should see what we do. But we're the good guys, so it's fine. Uh, but they did. No question. They, they really tried to. I don't. I, they did. That was literally like their conclusion. They called that meddling because they bought Facebook page ads. Like, <laughs> so funny. Anyways, so they did it. And we spent a year on all these major news networks talking about how there was rock hard evidence that Donald Trump's people knew about it and were involved. And then three days later came out like, well, that's not true. And then it was, well, now we have a new witness and it's the adoption lawyer and it's this and it's this. And then it comes out a week later like, no, that was false. Adam Schiff went on TV like every single day saying, I've seen the confidential evidence. I've seen the, the high security clearances. It's there. It's incontrovertible. And then the report comes out. And it's like, well, there's none. But there was there was definitely some uh, bad actions by the Russians. But we have no evidence whatsoever that Donald Trump's people were ever involved. Like, we spent a year on that. And the media couldn't talk about it fast enough. And nobody, nobody got lost their job or was, nope. you know, they're, they're knocked off their platform. Like, nope. nope, they're all just still sitting there the same, this regurgitating nonsense this year. How funny is that? And then you compare that to... The wealthy financier, Jeffrey Epstein, who's got uh, been running a serial pedophile ring for the most wealthy and powerful people in the world. Media, politics, Hollywood, international, national, all over the world is running an international sex ring, gets brought up on prison, gets a sweetheart deal, gets labeled as an informant for CIA or FBI or somebody, ends up getting arrested again, goes into prison, is put on suicide watch. Now, he's got dirt on everybody because we know that every camera in his houses, on his plane, in his boats, everything was recorded and live, uh, what's the word, sent? In real time, the data is not being like on a tape. It's being sent somewhere else. We know this I'm is sure all true. A feed, yeah, for sure. It's a live feed yeah. everywhere, everywhere. That guy had all of his computers removed when they showed up to arrest him. Okay, that's how far ahead he was. He knew they were coming, that he had all of his computers gone when they came to arrest him. That dude goes into a regular prison and hangs himself with a bed sheet while on suicide watch, and nobody was able to stop him because two guards both simultaneously fell asleep and two security cameras stopped working at the same time on this one guy. At the exact moment that he happened to kill himself. And nobody talks about that. We want to talk about, like... Okay, well, we don't really know much to go on. We didn't have anything to go on with the Russian disinformation nonsense, but we talked about it every single day, 12 hours a day for a year, and we can't get anybody in the legacy mainstream media to look in and dive in and go find sources. I'm like, um, hey, guys, how did this happen? What, what happened? Are there no other cameras we should be looking at? Is there no investigation? Imagine if we had a media that was actually curious. Yeah. Or how about the fact that the current president's son has so many illicit deals with China, we could spend an entire episode just listing them and explaining the connections or how the Chinese company stole nuclear secrets when Hunter Biden was a board member. Are we going to talk about that? No. Not oh, no. Well, not us today, but I know, we've nobody, talked else, about it. We, nobody else is, is Fox about News it. covering that no. right now. Why not? 
Like, if there was anything Fox News should be covering, it's that. And they're not. All right, look, Joe Biden, they have a witness on the email saying Joe Biden is the big guy, has these holdings, he's getting the money from Hunter. There's text messages saying, I'm not going to take half like dad does to Hunter Biden. There's a witness saying he's the big guy, he was involved. We, we put that down after a week. We stopped talking about it. And so the, the national attention has moved on and nobody's discussing it anymore. And the people that I, I feel like on, that are with you and me on this that are like, this is nuts. What are we doing? Have sort of resigned to there's so much rot in this system. It's just unbelievable. It's just, it, it's incredible. Like we had the Afghanistan papers come out in 2017 that they basically, I don't want to say basically, there was the acknowledgement by every level of military that we have no goal in Afghanistan for at least 10 years. We have soldiers going to Afghanistan fighting in a war for 20 years. In 10 plus of those years, we didn't have a strategy. We didn't know what we were trying to accomplish. We didn't know if we were trying to take over and install a new government. We didn't know if we were just trying to eradicate the Taliban. We didn't know if we were trying to like increase women's rights. We didn't know if we were just trying to like pull back to build up permanent bases in Afghanistan. We had no idea. We had no goal for 10 years. Most of the people I talk to when I ask them about Afghanistan papers have no idea what it is. Didn't even know it came out. You want to know the real reason why it didn't come out? It was very damning of George W. Bush. It was less so, but still damning of Donald Trump, but it was particularly damning for Barack Obama. Particularly damning of him. George Bush didn't have a plan in Afghanistan. Well, I should say Donald Trump, not Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, Dick Cheney didn't have a plan in Afghanistan because he's probably why we were there. But... All the same, like, there's plenty of blame to go around. We just didn't talk about it. Ben Rhodes came out. He was the secretary uh, for, for Barack Obama, I think foreign secretary, came out and said most of the newspapers don't have foreign correspondents anymore, so they rely on us to tell them what it's like there. So we tell them what we want them to think, and then they basically turn around and run with it and amplify the message that we gave them because they don't have people on the ground to verify it or check it anymore. That was a public statement. Public. And the media sitting there going, such a nice guy. Listen, Donald Trump was awful to the media. So was Barack Obama. Put a guy in jail. A, pro, a reporter. Under the espionage act. Yeah, multiple. He, he, he used that multiple times, yeah. Right. And he tapped a journalist's phone. Like, guys, this. why aren't we allowed to talk about this? If, I, if you're a member of the media, why does this not bother you? It should. It should bother you when either side does it. But... Instead, we get 14 months of Russiagate, and now we get Fox News discussing every day of the border crisis, which, don't get me wrong, newsworthy, and I don't even know what CNN talks about anymore, and I don't think anybody else does either. Is it talking about that Malaysian plane, maybe? Maybe. The disappearing plane? Yeah, Whatever happened to that plane? I don't know. Wish we had a show for that. Right? That like, there's great. so many interesting things happening all over the world at any given time. And the majority of people who get their news from these entities are not getting the information. And and like I said, I think we're starting to see a layer of censorship that's coming down from a top in these corporations. And because they're just in bed with too many people, too many institutions themselves, that they're not going to allow certain news to be reported. So, right. And let's talk about the biggest, in my opinion, or the most blatant medical or not medical media malpractice that is currently ongoing which is our next topic. Yeah. So I, ivermectin is, I, I, I've heard Brett Weinstein call it the crime of the century, and I'm going to set it aside as maybe, depending, I'm thinking Epstein is the crime of the century, but we'll get to there. Well, you know, that's, it's that's, great to have two crimes of the century in yeah, one decade. Simultaneously. And who that's knows if fun. they overlap? 
We still haven't figured that out yet. You, some, I think you want there to be an overlap. <laughs> it makes way more sense if there's an overlap. So let me read uh, from a new study. This is a, a meta-analysis study. So this is a, um, a study of studies. So there's a, a bunch of studies, our, our random controlled trial studies that have been done, smaller studies. This is kind of a, a, an overview of all those studies, uh, analyzing all the data from them and trying to create uh, something similar to a large randomized control study. But let me read the conclusion from this study. Uh, first, the, t- the title of the uh, uh, Ivermectin for Prevention and Treatment of COVID-19 Infection, a Systematic Review, Meta-Analysis, and Trial Sequential Analysis to Inform Clinical Guidelines. So this is basically trying to help treat COVID. Here's their conclusion from this meta-analysis. Conclusions. Moderate certainty evidence finds that large reductions in COVID-19 deaths are possible using ivermectin. Using ivermectin early in the clinical course may reduce numbers progressing to severe disease. Uh, The apparent safety and low cost suggest that ivermectin is likely to have a significant impact on the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic globally. So basically they're saying this is cheap, this is safe, and it's effective, and why the hell are we not using it? So to your point, I'm not sure if this this is the health crime of the century. Um, what are we doing? What, like this, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and this has already been in the, in the independent news circles for a couple of weeks before that. And so, and the doctors who are basically been championing this have been doing it for months since November and December. Um, Dr. Yep. Corey was, I feel like testifying in front of the Senate back in maybe September of last year. So. so September, October. Um, so this is not known I mean, this has been known, and it's been known by the people who need to know. It's been presented by extremely credible people that this cheap, readily available drug could eradicate this pandemic and maybe future pandemics, who knows, basically in two weeks if we just figured out how to administer it orally. And there's literally no reporting on it whatsoever. Actually, the reporting that gets done on it is basically taken off off offline. Uh, YouTube and Facebook are censoring stories about that. Even LinkedIn, I think, is too. Um, Brett Weinstein, a couple of his videos have been taken down, um, largely talking about ivermectin as an as inefficient treatment. Uh, it, it seems like I don't know, medical malpractice is, I don't know if it can be applied here, but like there's something crazy going on here. And it's just one more anomaly that basically makes me say, what the hell have we been doing this whole time? And this is just, they all end up going in the same direction. And this is just one more. Right. I mean, listen, this is the, the main show to what I think hydroxychloroquine was sort of the lead up to where we saw, we saw studies being done just insanely incorrectly passing peer review, getting studied, getting published in medical journals, concluding, uh, hydroxychloroquine has no impact, and if anything, it might even be harmful. And then you read the study, like, oh, it's because you're giving them four times the recommended dose, and they were having an adverse reaction. Weird. I mean, I'm pretty sure that would happen with uh, with Advil if you gave them four times the recommended dose. So that got past peer review. Then the one came out with Sturgisphere, where they made up an entire data set, millions of data points, they made it all up, past peer review. Why do we have peer review? What's the point? Uh, to insulate big pharma. Sure. And now let's, let's bring it back of if there was a low cost, readily available, exceedingly effective treatment for COVID-19, do you think that the big pharmaceutical companies would cheer that on? Or do you think they would try to convince you that it's not a good thing and it doesn't really work? And the only thing that'll work is their newly developed, much more expensive treatment. 
Which one? Yeah, the system is set up for repurposed drugs to never be part of a emergency youth authorization. Like there is, or, or in general, uh, I'm going to read a, a kind of a paraphrased, paraphrased quote from Dr. Pierre Corey, who is uh, part of the frontline uh, COVID-19 critical care and who has been the person who, who testified in, in front of the Senate and who has been championing uh, the use of ivermectin as a basically way out of this pandemic. So this is a paraphrase, a quote from him. In a system in which the only thing that will ever establish efficacy is the big random controlled trial, and the only one who can do a big randomly controlled trial is essentially big pharma, well then every time you're trying to bring evidence to a nonprofit medicine, you're going to be dismissed. So basically what you're saying, what Ben was saying, that there is no, there's not, a, there's zero profit in finding out whether or not ivermectin works. So nobody's going to fund a giant study to reach this level of uh, satisfaction amongst the populace who are now only convinced by randomly controlled trials, right? They're never going to be convinced of anything else, but there's never going to be an RCT done on these drugs because there's no profit motive. Yeah. So, and well, it's not that there's no profit motive there. It's just that they have profit motive elsewhere. So they have these new drugs, uh, ones that are molecules away from ivermectin that they're trying to repurpose and try to sell as new antivirals, right? When they have, because they lo- Merck lost the patent of ivermectin in 1996, they come out with something slightly different than ivermectin that tries to be ivermectin, but they can have a patent on it and then they can sell it for three to $8,000 a, a treatment versus $50, which you're going to get out of ivermectin. So the profit motive has basically hamstrung these drugs and largely safe drugs from being tested and found out if they actually can, can, can help, you know, end this pandemic. And basically all we're getting, all we're left with is, uh, remdemsevir and whatever the new Merck drug is and all these other crazy drugs that are, that are for profit. Yeah. I mean, it's frustrating. It is. And the government is supposed to be the impartial, arbiter of truth like they're supposed to be the ones that are overseeing it and when and when big pharma does this they're supposed to be the ones to step in and go whoa 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 whoa, stop no i get you want to make money and that's great we want you to make money but you can't lie and say this doesn't work if you can develop a better drug great but you can't just make stuff up to make other things look bad so you can sell more drugs that's that's why we have a government ostensibly that's why we have a department of infectious diseases and virology it's why we have a national institute of health so that we can have a check on these for-profit companies that are greedy and want to make money. And the problem is they're in bed together. Like, there's so much overlap, and there's, like, this incestual relationship between the NIH, the NIAD, and the big pharma companies. Like, you get out of public service, you go work at big pharma. It's no different than the Wall Street regulators go work at Wall Street firms. What do you think happens? Like, that they're going to come out and do their job? No, they end up just carrying water for whatever the cause is. Like, the Gilead... The Gilead is the best one, in my opinion, because remdesivir came out and got approved somehow, even though it had zero impact on mortality whatsoever. They was never even claimed that they had zero impact on mortality. And that got approved when hydroxychloroquine and uh, ivermectin were not approved, even though there's n- virtually no risk of side effect and some evidence, strong evidence, but let's go with some evidence that it would impact mortality. Um, and then it turns out like nine of the study, nine of the scientists put in charge of studying the remdesivir drug were on the payroll of the company that made remdesivir. Shocking. Like, and, and again, this is where we'll go back to media of like, what is the point of having you if you're not going to look into this? Why? I mean, there are so many 
conflicts of interest going on at every study that's that's getting released and our media just they can't carry the water fast enough it's not even that they're just disinterested in finding the truth it's that they cannot carry the water for the government and the pharmaceutical companies fast enough hard enough high enough or long enough like I, I just don't understand it and that's my problem is I need it to make sense and it doesn't so that means there's something else at play because normally if a government official came out and said essentially i am science and if you criticize me you're criticizing science an objective reasonable people would go whoa that's unsettling or but no come out like yeah you anti-science about the bobblehead and so i'm hoping that the discussion of ivermectin chain is is beginning to change only because uh, maybe you saw this too, Mr. Hussong, but the University of Oxford is going to conduct yep. uh, their own uh, uh, test or trial or whatever to see if uh, 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 ivermectin can be used as successful treatment. So, And the Philippines is too, right? The Philippines is trying to do a, I mean, I saw their, I read their president was basically uh, fast-tracking a ivermectin study. So hopefully the dictatorship in the Philippines can help that, help out its people. I don't know. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Time. Um but so I, I think the discussion around ivermectin is breaking down, or at least the censorship of the discussion is breaking down. I think, even though they're still, listen, they're still removing videos and they haven't put those two uh, Dark Horse podcasts back up. So they're still suppressing the information. Um, but not all the videos are down. Ours are still up. If that yeah. matters. I mean, we're obviously small potatoes, but here we, we are. are. Um, but we're still talking about it. And here's the thing. We're not people alone. need to be talking about this because it's not going to come from them. It's got to come from people like us who... I mean, listen, not for nothing. When it comes to this podcast, we literally have nothing to lose. Are we going to lose viewers? All right, cool, whatever. Um, They do, and I understand that. But right is still right, and wrong is still wrong. And if you're not, it's one thing to sit it out. I, I, I get that. I don't understand the people that are like brand ambassadors for Merck. Uh, or Johnson & Johnson. I mean, look. So Johnson and Johnson this is my favorite part of all of this. Not true. There's a lot of parts that I just am confused by, but Johnson and Johnson came out and they halted their vaccine because six people out of 6 million had blood clots. <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry. There's no chance they're slowing down for a one in a million blood clot that may or may not kill somebody. No shot. This is the same company that just paid $250 million to New York state in acknowledge or in settling the claim that they basically fueled the opioid crisis by failing to properly disclose the risks and pushing it on things that it shouldn't have been pushed for. This is the same company that was putting asbestos in baby powder and had to pay a fine for that. Like what? These are the ones that all of a sudden were, I trust science and I, I stand with medicine. All right. Well, I mean, have at it, but their track record's not great. Uh, go yeah. try to buy uh, insulin. Why, why is insulin not available as a generic? It's been around since 1920. Yeah, because they tweak it just enough. Exactly. And they can make you pay more. And like, so, and this is what they do. And this is uh, what I, you know, I, I don't want to get too far into this because I haven't done, I've watched a bunch of interviews from this guy and read, read a couple articles. Um, this follow the science hashtag, silence hashtag has been kind of uh, adopted by Brett Weinstein using ivermectin, but I think I'm going to use it r- regarding this uh Dr. Malone and his spike protein concerns as well. Have you been paying attention to any of this stuff? And we've been talked a little bit about the fact that the spike protein, uh, which is the protein used uh, to attach uh, to the human receptor, 
um, is toxic in itself and is not uh, isolated to the injection site. So the, he has these concerns that the spike protein is causing all of, if not, or many of, if not all of these uh, post-vaccine um, adverse events. Uh, and again, nobody's talking about it. Like his, his videos are being pulled down off, off YouTube uh, when he's talking about this. And this is the guy who invented the mRNA vaccine. Um, so Dr. Robert Malone, uh, he used to work at the Salk Institute. Basically, it's kind of interesting. I listened to uh, an interview of him, basically how he came about, how he found this. And basically he was doing gene therapy, right? So he was trying to, I think it was cystic fibrosis. They were trying to figure out a way to inject these certain proteins and that they were going to help rebuild the muscle for these people who were suffering from cystic fibrosis. But what was happening was their immune system was attacking the protein, right? So they figured out right. under this gene therapy was going to work because humans immune system was attacking it. And then the light bulb went off and he said, and he used the quote lemonade out of, uh, or lemon, lemonade out of lemons. He realized, Oh, well, well, we can just reverse use this for vaccines, right? If the, if the immune response is going to, uh, interact with these proteins in a way that's going to, you know, annihilate them, then, Hey, maybe we should figure out how a way to incorporate this into vaccines. And so Robert Malone, basically the, 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 the idea guy and, and, and basically helped build this MRNA vaccine has massive concerns about, them, especially with kids. He's like, you know, he's basically said multiple interviews that kids, anyone or 18 should not be getting this, the, the, the vaccine, um, which we've said here multiple times. And I think basically in large part, he would largely agree that anybody who's probably not at risk shouldn't get the vaccine. But he has these concerns about the spike protein and the spike protein causing all these adverse events. I'm going to look into this more. I'm sure we'll cover it more if uh, YouTube will allow us anyway. But um, He also got the vaccine. He, also he is got vaccinated, and now he's looking more and more into it and going and telling other people, basically, like, I, I have this is not a given. I'm not sure about this. He made the decision for him to get it, and now he's still turning to other people and saying there's no way kids should be getting it. You know who else says kids probably shouldn't get the vaccine? World Health Organization. I think they changed that after everybody saw their comment. Yeah. Uh, did the science change? Is science that what happened? Changed. Oh, thank God we're still following the science. So it wasn't a public pressure campaign. This, they had new data. Yeah, it's... Like I said, I'm sure a lot of many people who saw that, 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 that they were kind of getting, uh, uh, or their, I know, their own page, right, on their own website, basically had, you know, children under 18 shouldn't be getting the vaccine. And... Oh, and they also recommend not treating with remdesivir. But guess what the FDA still says? Yay, remdesivir. Yeah. Like, this is, this, I can't. It's just, it's too much to handle with all of this blatant, and, not, and, even, not even a question, just lying. Yeah, but we're back to the why, right? I mean, what are we doing? Like what, what, I, I don't, I don't have the answer. I'm just saying like, this is, this is going to be my underlying question is why do we do things so much differently for this virus? And that question is still unanswered. It's not only why are we doing things so differently? I, 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 I don't know. It's a short answer, but it's not just why are we doing things differently? It's why are they so blatantly lying? Why are we so brazen about it this time where, why are we taking the data on pregnant women and saying it means one thing when anybody who gets the full picture would understand it doesn't say what they're saying? Why are we still acting when asymptomatic spread is so clearly not a significant factor in the spread of COVID? Why are we still acting like it is? Why are scientists and doctors still doing this? Why are we still having people wear masks at all when the data couldn't the Delta be clear? Variant. Why did we deny that this was aerosolized for a year? It took the, it took the CDC a year and the World Health Organization still hasn't acknowledged that it's aerosolized. 
And it's it's been obvious for, for well over a year that that's the case. Yeah, well, because then they would have to admit masks don't work. Apparently they didn't have to admit it even well, after acknowledging true, that it's aerosolized. That's because people were already a year baked into their nonsense. Right. But if they did it originally, be like, hey, these masks aren't going to work, then people wouldn't have, you know, been part of their wardrobe for a year and a half. Why are we pretending like antiviral drugs like ivermectin, like hydroxychloroquine, carry any kind of significant risk to people? Why are we pretending like there's not at least some data that says this is really effective? Why are we silencing the people that point this out? Like, I, I ask myself these questions. You and I have discussed this at length. And I keep coming back to, I hope it's a money grab. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a money grab, a large portion of it. Because, I mean, to the tunes of, you know, billions and billions of dollars to some of these, these people in these uh, institutions yeah. and these big pharma companies. But I don't know how it got to the point where the populace was accepting of the idea when there were so many red flags that people should have been alerted to being like, wait, we're doing this wrong. What, what, this doesn't make sense. Like none of that was ever, the, the, the bells never went off for very few people that they go off, I guess. And people just basically bought in, which is, I don't know. I, I, I blame the media again because that's where people get their news from. Um, I mean, you so these are smart people. A lot of yeah. them are not all of them are idiots. Like, very intelligent people are doing things that just don't make any sense because they have such bad information to go on. And I get it. There's only so much time in a day to get this information and get this data, and you don't want to devote your life to trying to uncover all of the little nuggets of truth. I get it. I do. And that goes back to why are we – why is the media so complicit in this? Why Why are all of these doctors and scientists so, um, like, invested and all of this being right when it's so clearly wrong. Yeah. And like I said, this people, you know, I've been labeled anti-vax. And oh, me maybe, too. maybe I'm going to embrace that, actually. If I start reading more on the spike protein, I may actually end up anti-vax, or at least this vax. But I've largely and have always been anti the propaganda surrounding the vax. That's what I'm anti. I'm like, there, there's literally no reason for people who were not at risk to ever be pushed into getting this. So giving away college degrees and lotto tickets and whatever else they were given away was a red flag to me. And it didn't seem like to be a red flag to too many other people. They just thought it was all like, Oh, look at our community coming together for whatever. But like, that's not what it was. It was literally a inorganic push to get people to take a vaccine. I, I'm the, I've never been anti-vax. I've gotten, my kids are all vaccinated. I'm vaccinated across the board. This is like, making me seriously look at the anti-vax community of like, Jesus, are you onto something? Like, this is so blatantly lying. And the fact that they are pushing this on children is so, it's it's beyond general indifference and money. It's it's such a unnecessary risk to give children this vaccine. It just, it doesn't, more children will be vaccinated with the vaccine than would have been hospitalized with uh, just COVID. That's becoming very obvious as, as time goes on. And the problem is, it's not that the data is changing. 5,800 deaths have been recorded through VARES right now. Yeah, it's crazy. And there's a lot more stuff going on. I, a guy sent me something yesterday. A 48-year-old rock musician had a brain hemorrhage like two weeks after getting the vaccine and died. I, what, if you're in any kind of health at 48, why are you getting the vaccine? It just it, like This is my problem with it. Is in large part because it. people have been forced to do right. it, right? Right, and that's what's unhealthy, and that's what's scary is I love the people when I tell, like, listen, it is a brand-new vaccine. Like, no, it's not. They've been researching it since the 90s. Cool. How many human beings was it put in before 2020? Zero. Thank you. 
Like, guys, that's new. I'm sorry if it doesn't comport with all of your worldviews. And, and listen, if you listen to the, the inventor, Dr. Malone, he basically points all this out. He's like, yeah, everything, we, all these things are things. But there are so many drugs and vaccines and trials that never make it from the, the final lab tests, from the lab to, to the actual human efficacy. And we don't, we'll, we'll never know if this was one of those until it's too late, if it's not. Yeah, I mean, imagine if this does go wrong. Yeah, we're like, like 150 million people. I imagine like the, the most avid anti-vax person is actually right. And this is going to kill huge portions of people within five years. Holy crap, what did we just do? I'm not saying they are right, but here's the thing. Where I'm at right now, that person doesn't have any less credibility than Anthony Fauci does. Exactly. I, I, that's the point I've gotten to. And I am not an unreasonable person by nature. I do not overreact to almost anything. It's my, it's my nature to underreact to almost anything that happens. I'm looking at this and I'm genuinely looking at Anthony Fauci with the same level of credibility that I give Dell Bigtree. That's that's the point I've reached. And it's not and I'm looking at it and going, what do you want me to do? If you want me to trust you again, stop lying. And maybe even admit that you have been lying for months. You came out and dismissed the lab leak theory like two days in. And it there was evidence to support it, and you basically said, Don't look over here. Yeah. And you like came said, out. They came out with that after they were alerted to the fact that it didn't look natural. They immediately like, okay, we better flip gears and turn it into a, hey, this is a crazy conspiracy theory. Right. And then it was, you came out and said, well, masks aren't going to work. In your private emails, you just said masks are, are really ineffective. But now all of a sudden we have kids wearing masks. You're the one dispensing all of this nonsense that is so easily irrefutable, excuse me, so easily refuted and disproven. And yes, I get it. We don't know when anything could happen. But you understand that if COVID started really going after kids, it would be a 180 degree turn from all of the data that we have over the last 18 months. Well, the variants, yeah, typically variants, they're going to happen. But the vaccine's not going to stop a, a variant any more than somebody. Yeah, well, you see, Biden had to get fact checked there because he basically said the Delta variant was more contagious and more deadly, right? Well, those two things can't go together. You either, you're, you're, if you're a virus, you're either more deadly and you kill off your host, so you're not contagious, or you're more contagious, and you don't kill off your, your right. host, and you become more contagious. Like, you, it's, you don't do both. And people still think natural immunity is somehow inferior to the vaccine. Yeah, people still don't even acknowledge that. Right, and it's like, it doesn't even occur to them, and, and you're sitting here going, wait, 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 wait. Why? Again, never before in human history has that been true. Why are we playing for that? Why wouldn't you play for the general rule over the exception? I just don't understand. For clicks? I, and, yeah. vax, and faxes, I don't know. I, that's what's Clicks so concerning. So you you might laugh when I tell you that I view Anthony Fauci. And listen, Del Bigtree, I, I feel like he's at least trying to be honest and truthful. Yeah. But I think a lot of his stuff, he does take stuff and, and views it through the point of his perspective and wants you to see his perspective. It's not meant to be objective analysis. It's meant to be persuasive. So automatically, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. And I'm going to do the same thing with Anthony Fauci because he has shown me he has an angle. He has a side that he's on, and he's not trying to give me objective information. He's trying to persuade me. That is different. Ten times out of ten. Yeah, that is different. And usually that when somebody's trying to persuade me, I just run the opposite way So because it seems shady. So, all right. I, I think we've done enough damage here to, yeah, our, uh, to our show status. Probably... I don't know. We'll see what happens with the uh, the YouTube algorithms. Um, but on that note... Ivermectin, 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 Ivermectin. Yeah. Uh, Let's find out. McAfee didn't kill himself. Epstein didn't kill no. himself. No. And Free Britney, right? That's what we're leaving yeah, with the show with? Let's, let's free Britney and 
I don't. You know, yeah, she's, she's the she's the feel good story of the show. How's that turn out to be? Oh, that's yeah. terrible for us. Oh, and there's more to UFOs. That's the other thing we want to leave you with. Yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, we'll let you go enjoy the rest of your Monday, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Uh, be sure to like, share, and uh, this video here, and uh, subscribe to the channel, and uh, hit that notification bell again. And we'll be our uh, when we put new content out, you'll be notified. So, until next Monday, uh, we'll see you all then, and thank you for uh, tuning in.